0: Hey everyone and welcome to another edition of Sports with Friends. This is episode 384 and we're glad you can still subscribe and we're so glad for all those subscribers and we appreciate all the listeners. Uh, This podcast uh, came together very quickly. Originally uh, the plan for the first episode was to talk about the deal that was made between the NFL and Google uh, to move NFL Sunday ticket over to YouTube. That was our plan. And then Monday night, tragedy struck the National Football League. Like you, I was watching Monday Night Football, and the Bills were playing the Bengals. It was a big game and had so much anticipation and a seemingly harmless play, DeMar Hamlin uh, tackling T. Higgins, and then all of a sudden him falling. Now, I'll admit I had turned the game off, I'll, get, I'll, I'll explain later, but it's not really relevant. Um, but when I flipped, uh, I saw a huge crowd around Hamlin, and soon you got all the info. I want to commend everyone at ESPN, from the broadcasters to the directors to the producers to the technical people, uh, covering this with class and dignity. No speculation. Uh, just a really uh, a remarkable job. Since their Fox days, David Moulton, who is a radio host on the Florida Sports Network, he does a show with another outstanding broadcaster, Mark Miller. As a matter of fact, I profiled both Miller and Moulton on Sports with Friends back on episode 314. So you can listen to them. Uh, They were just in between shows. They had been let go by one station, and they were getting hired by another station (laughs) soon after, And I think they are two of the most underrated radio hosts. And uh, I put them on Sports With Friends. I thought it was absolutely essential to do so. He's also a spotter slash statistician for Troy Aikman. And when Troy Aikman moved from Fox to ESPN, Moulton went with him. So instead of working Sunday afternoons, he now works Monday night football. And so he was in the booth in Cincinnati last night And had access to video and information that we, the viewer at home, simply didn't have. And when this tragic event happened, I immediately thought, I can't do a podcast about the NFL and YouTube. Not this week. So it was just a matter of could David talk because he had his morning show Tuesday morning. And he was in Cincinnati and had to fly home. Now, it is also week 18 in the National Football League, but and normally we give you the odds uh, for upcoming games. Because everything's a question mark, we are going to look back at what happens when a game is suspended, what happens when it is postponed, and we're also going to preview the National Championship game, which is next Monday. With the head odds maker at Bavadasportsbook.com, Patrick Morrow. And still in Cincinnati, my friend David Moulton, host of Miller & Moulton. Uh, These are not the circumstances I wanted you to uh, come back on this podcast, but I do appreciate your time. I know how busy you are. During the course of that play, Mm -hmm. what are you doing, and how were you alarmed to what took place?
1: Okay. Uh, My role is I am officially Troy Aikman's spotter. I stand in between Troy Aikman and referee John Perry in the booth. And I have about three seconds to communicate something to Troy. And what I said on that play was chase cleared everybody out. Higgins ran underneath them, you know, Look, three guys went with Chase.
0: You're telling that to Troy Aikman so that uh, he'll, he'll communicate. That on the and not,
1: and it is here. Well, because also I don't know what Troy saw live. And then he's going to look at things on replay and what have you. So I just give him three seconds of this is what I saw. Okay. And, you know, Troy can use it, not use it, you know, whatever. And so then we start showing the replay because... Hamlin is down. And I'm like, oh, wow, another player's hurt because. But you didn't Bills, see
0: him get up and then fall down?
1: Uh, not live, no. Okay. I got well, it. I don't think so. I may have, but I. But it didn't process. I, well, no, because I just thought, oh, well, he had his bell rung. Right. You know, another concussion. And also my first thought is, wow, the Bills just lost two of their top five secondary guys in the first nine minutes of the game because they had had uh, a corner go off the field earlier. And so I'm making a note of that going, wow, they're really going to be shorthanded in the secondary. So then we start showing the replays and you're like, oh, wow. But, you know, we've all seen boxing where a guy gets hit with a really hard punch and he's on his feet for a second. And then all of a sudden the brain and the legs kick in and the guy goes crashing down. So once again, I'm thinking head injury, neck injury. Okay. there the players are waving frantically for medical attention. Well, unfortunately that happens probably once a game because there's a serious neck injury or a guy breaks a leg, dislocates an ankle, blows out a knee. Sure. So, okay. I, the, I remember the fact, Dennis
0: bird, right?
1: Well, but that's, that's far more serious, but,
0: sure. but, I'm
1: just talking about, you know, what you're seeing, because you're not thinking something right. this bad. Exactly. So you're going through, well, okay, you know, we've seen guys get the rail We've seen guys fall down. Although, who that looked, you know, wow. Uh, oh, okay, they're calling frantically for medical attention. They're really concerned. Uh, then guys start, you know, coming out onto the field. They bring a stretcher with a backboard out. Well, if you have a neck injury, that's what they do. Right. And so, everything is still within the realm of uh, okay. We've seen this. You know, this sucks, right. but we've seen this. The players, you know, in making an oval around him some teams handle injuries differently. Some teams do that. They're that that's their thing. They're a brotherhood. They want to show their support. So then we have a camera. Obviously we have a few on the scene and Seth, it's kind of a blur as to how long what I just described actually Mm -hmm. took. I don't know if this took 30 seconds or if it took two minutes, but there's a guy doing CPR vigorously. And my brain is like, that's a guy doing CPR. That you don't see ever. And at that moment, and I know we're not showing you at home that picture, but we have it on our monitor. And at that moment, you're like, Oh, damn.
0: Like, holy crap.
1: Yes. And then you start seeing more and more of the faces. The other thing that got me, I had never been, I've been in a situation where someone needed the Heimlich. I've never been in a situation where someone was in cardiac arrest. My mother's a nurse. I've taken the CPR courses. I understand how it's supposed to work. You essentially, if there's a group of you, you do shifts. You know, you do it for as long as you can. Then you take a break. Somebody else comes in. So the first worker who is attending to Hamlin, he puts in like three vigorous minutes. He is sweating profusely, but he is a medical professional. And just like we all have the thing that we do and we usually keep our composure when we are doing it. Seth, when he was done, And the person next to him, it was their turn. First off, my brain is going, wow, it's been three minutes. They're still doing CPR. That ain't good. Secondly, this guy did not, the medical professional, did not look good. And not just because he was sweating profusely. The look on his face was, this isn't working. Oh my God. And that's what I saw from our TV position. And I know we're not showing you at home, the CPR being administered. And I don't think we had yet told you that CPR was, that was my
0: follow-up. Right. It's when, when, when does Joe Buck and Troy Aikman start talking about it? I, I said this in the open of the podcast. I, I was watching the game and I changed it. Um, I, my family was in the room with us. We were all watching the game and then they left and there was a show I was interested in the outlaws on Amazon prime. And I flipped it on for 10 minutes. And then when they all came back, I didn't want to watch the outlaws in front of them. So I put the game back and that's where the crowd is. So I don't know. And the the question I'm asking you is at one point, and is it a conscious decision where someone is in their headset saying it's time to address this with Joe Buck and Troy Aikman? I can't
1: hear everything. I can hear the producer talk to Joe, not all the time, but some of the time. I can hear the producer talk to Troy, not all the time, but some of the time. So I can't answer that question 100%. I just know that a decision was made that we're going to show the injury and so because you know just him collapsing was traumatic in and of itself you don't normally see you see players fall to the ground we've seen woozy we've seen staggering no, he limp.
0: yeah he, well, he goes exactly yeah we
1: don't see somebody stand up collect themselves and then crumble in which they hit the back of their head on the ground so first the decision had to be made are we even going to show that and we showed that twice, which I thought was appropriate. Yep. And then I don't believe it was shown ever again.
0: It and was then, shown on news programs. Other networks were right. showing well, it. And
1: that's fine. And that's, that's fine. fine. The, right. There's videos out there, run it as many times you feel you need to. You're talking
0: to a guy who wrote a term paper on the Thiesman, and should, should they right. have shown Joe exactly. Thiesman break his leg. So I, I and, understand the, the dilemma but, there, but, but in but, this but, day but and think, age, I'm not surprised.
1: But what I believe, you know, once again, I'm re- my memory here, and it could sure. be off by a couple of minutes, CPR was performed for roughly 10 minutes. Could have been nine, could have been 12. But CPR was performed on the field that I could visi- visibly see them pumping his chest yeah, yeah. for roughly 10 minutes. I know at some point during the CPR, we informed everyone that they were performing CPR. Hmm. Now I know that the tone in between showing him collapse and informing everyone that they were performing CPR, I understand I was listening, you know, mm-hmm. Joe's tone, Troy's tone, Lisa, Lisa Salters was outstanding. John Perry she was, was amazing. Uh, everybody. Okay. Was I great. thought Joe and Troy's tone was outstanding. No one speculated a word and Seth as somebody, you know, we are minor league compared to them. And I mean, lower minor leagues compared to them, but you know, as a professional in a serious situation like that, that every single word is crucial and is going to be heavily scrutinized. And the fact that all of those professionals chose to speak as few words as possible, not wanting to speculate and to be 100% accurate and and only 100% accurate. I mean, Joe at one point said, we're not going to give you any information until we are told it.
0: And the, so, but- the, the the example that I was reminded of, and and uh, listening to you say it, uh, two years ago, uh, Ryan Rucco was on ESPN when the NBA canceled the season because of COVID. You remember, remember that? And, r- it, I mean, that was a pretty major thing. Rudy Gobert, it's a health emergency. Right. Right. And, and I thought Ryan Rucco showed uh, incredible poise in in that moment um i also and i I thought joe buck and troy aikman were brilliant i thought the people in the studio i felt badly that they kept throwing to them because clearly they were just trying to vary up the 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 broadcast and and joe and troy can't just sit there and fill time like that uh it's a very challenging situation and i thought they all did as admirable a job as could have been done
1: and For anyone listening right now, the decision to throw it to the studio and then throw it back to Joe and Troy, that's not made by the broadcasters. That's made by executive producers and, you know, who knows, even in that situation, maybe even higher ups. You know, obviously they had to get Scott Van Pelt into his studio at least an hour, if not 90 minutes to two hours earlier. Right. You don't know where he is. Well, right. I mean, you know, but he he's, could have been getting
0: food or something. Yeah, right. exactly.
1: He could be at dinner watching it somewhere right. and realizing, wow, I got to head into the office. I got a
0: boogie. Right.
1: Yeah. So, but it was sometime during the CPR being administered that I know that we let everyone know, you're not going to believe this, but CPR has had to be administered here on Damar Hamlin to, and then that fact I felt coupled with the seriousness and the tone that Joe Troy, Lisa were administering, you know, John Perry was getting the information directly from New York. I mean, Mm -hmm. John Perry, the referee was actually the one that said this game has been canceled. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was the one that let everybody know the word has just come in from New York. The game is canceled.
0: You know, there's been so much talk about uh, the time being spent between the injury itself when the ambulance pulls away to the decision to announce to the cancellation of the game, there was never any consideration of resuming that game. And
2: I thought the reason why social media
0: went bananas at that point, I think is because the NFL didn't announce it. And, you know, when brains are swimming and, you know, Twitter is what Twitter is, people are just like, cancel it already. What are you doing? Cancel it already.
1: Well, it's not that.
0: It's not, it, 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 we're talking about going through the motion of notifying the teams, notifying the league. It's just, it's physical time. It's not, should we play it?
1: Well, once the players left the field, that's true. I guess the one okay. thing that is being kicked around today is, you know, it was reported by every major media outlet that was at the game and by that espn espn deportes but also westwood one that when Tamar was removed from the field via ambulance and by the way it took 30 minutes the moment he collapsed until the moment the ambulance left the playing field was 30
0: because he had to be minutes. stabilized enough to move well, well he had to be brought
1: back to life i mean right. the bills released a statement early tuesday morning saying he suffered cardiac arrest his heartbeat was restored on the field yeah. so 30 minutes goes by and he leaves via ambulance and then it is reported that the teams will have a 5 minute warm up before they resume
0: mm-hmm.
1: Now you see the officials bring both coaches together. You see Stefan Diggs and Lisa Salters is reporting, you know, Diggs is just giving an impassioned speech to his teammates. We show the video after the fact of Diggs with about 30 players around him trying to rally the troops, so to speak. We're going to go out there and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I can tell you that Joe Burroughs started throwing some warm-up passes. Remember, the Bengals have the ball. If the game is resuming, Burrow and the Bengals are on offense. Joe is throwing a few, not many, but he is five or so yards on the field, throwing, you know, just loosening up. What was then immediately noticed, and Joe pointed it out right away, He's and I don't know, I forget if he was talking to Troy, in which I believe he was, in which he said, you know, We've been told that there's a five minute warm up before play is to resume, but everyone's just standing around. And for the most part, that was true. Like Joe was throwing 15, 20 yard passes to a couple of Bengals, but most everyone on both teams was still just standing around. And I can just tell you from what my eyes saw, I don't know if you saw this sitting at home, you know, after there's a time where I kind of stopped watching the monitor. Mm -hmm. I just started just letting my, what am I seeing? Right. And it looked to me like Sean McDermott was on his sideline and he was just staring out onto the field and the Bengals head coach who had just got done talking to Sean, Mm -hmm. Zach Taylor walks back to his sideline. And about two minutes later, Zach Taylor just starts walking across the sideline to talk to Sean again. And it's as if they had a conversation and they, and Zach Taylor turns around Seth and motions to his team, go to the locker room. Now that did not happen when the official met with the two head coaches a few minutes earlier, but it was as if Zach looked across at Sean and their eyes met and Zach took it upon himself to walk over and was kind of like, you know, we don't have to play this. I have no idea what they said, but I can just tell you what I saw. What
0: what you saw. That's all we want. That's,
1: That's what it looked like happened. That, if in like the NFL denies by the way that they gave the directive of a 5 minute warm up and resuming they said that was insensitive we never would have we never thought of it we never gave it
0: i don't think and,
1: and maybe it's true i don't know but somehow obviously that information was passed along because ESPN reported it deportes reported it and westwood 1 reported it right. so, and they didn't report it because ESPN reported it. They got it because their sideline person was given the same information. So we'll debate as to who it was and you know somebody will get blamed, whatever. Who cares? It's not important.
0: Yeah, who cares?
1: But when Zach Taylor and then there was there was a 30 second moment of unbelievable humanity, Seth. The Bengals left more quickly than the Bills did. Mm -hmm. And from where you're sitting on your living room couch, looking at the TV screen, the Bengals exited stage lower right. Mm -hmm. And they're on the, you know, the near sideline, if you will. So they had a short walk, they had a 50 yard walk, right? The bills exited stage lower left and they're on the far sideline. So when they finally decide, you know, we're going to leave, they have a much longer walk. They have to walk diagonally across the whole field into the corner. The Bengals got to their locker room, almost all of them before the bills even really started the walk to their locker room. As the bills were walking towards their locker room, the Bengals crowd gave them a standing
0: ovation. I saw that. Yeah.
1: Now it wasn't, you know, the hearty, but it was a standing.
0: It's very nice. Yeah.
1: Out of respect moment. And. It was well, because nice. humanity
0: is genuinely nice.
1: Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Uh, between the coaches, I thought the coaches and the fans, I thought humanity was on display last night.
0: Well, I, 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 I agree. I, I, I see uh, everything. Again, uh, we're not going to speculate on what uh, takes place the question, and this is just the fact, and I, I heard a doctor uh, today, one of the one of the doctors on television uh, say that it's just a question of how long uh, his brain didn't have oxygen. And so once they stabilize him, they have to see brain activity and that determines whether he recovers or doesn't. That, that, that's basically what it is. And you know you don't know, I don't know no, I don't think anybody knows. Um, but that's generally how cardiac arrest is treated. And that's the question, whenever there's CPR for that long, it could go either way.
1: Yeah. I I mean, obviously first things first, I just hope
0: you just hope. Yeah. You just just hope hope.
1: survives. I mean, there have been examples. There was the uh, soccer player. What was it? Was it last year who could. Went into cardiac arrest on the yeah, field yeah, yeah. and they had and then, revived him. Uh, you know, people are bringing up the Chris Pronger incident in the late mm-hmm. 90s. He took a slap shot to the chest. You know, that. people are saying that this is a similar type situation. And Pronger also had needed medical attention on the ice. He obviously recovered a few weeks later, played an additional 12 years of a Hall of Fame career first things first you know just Just,
0: no no, just we're just hoping it's just just hope right at at this point um and you know when you're listening to this podcast there's an opportunity that you know there's more details and um look that's this is the one drawback of the podcast medium right right everything we're (laughs) saying nothing i can do
1: exactly could be dated by the time you post it right
0: right uh and you know trust me there there is that uh consideration uh for for that Um, the national football league is in a very tough spot now. Um, I don't think, I don't think it's inappropriate to wonder, uh, what the national football league is going to plan. Um, and obviously they're not going to announce anything until there's some kind of a definitive diagnosis, uh, on him um is it possible games don't get played this weekend
1: oh i'd be very surprised if that was the case um i i think the only question Seth, to be brutally honest is whether or not this game's ever going to get played i mean one would seem as if if it's because where do you shoehorn it well, you would have to shoehorn it in the next 36 hours from when it is we're talking. I mean, if you think about it, they, teams play on and the Sundays. Bills went
0: home. The Bills went well, home right after this whole thing happened, so they
1: did. But it's a very short flight. I mean, like, right. it's you know, I don't even think it's an hour. So, but let's just do the logistics. Teams play on Sundays, and then two teams play on Thursdays most every week. Well, that's three full days off, and then you play. You could in theory play Wednesday, have three full days off and play Sunday. It's the same as playing Sunday, Thursday. Could right. You could. Okay. I don't think it's going to take place. I think right. that the game is going to be a no-contest. I think the only question is, from a standing standpoint, yeah, you know, the Chiefs right now are now a half a game ahead of Buffalo because right. Buffalo didn't play this game yet. Well so
0: how do you it, give the Chiefs the bye?
1: Well, exactly. I mean, do you, do you just say, Hey, you know, uh,
0: I don't know. I, I don't strange know what the right thing to do. stuff
1: happens, or do you call up the chiefs quite frankly and say, listen, we're going to break with protocol here. Um, if you two end up tied in the loss column, we're going to give the bills the one seed." Okay. You got a problem with that? and they don't even have to ask for their permission, but I'm just saying it's would be interesting to see how far the league wants to go. If this game cannot be played. Right. All right. Do they just say, Hey, the standings are the standings. All right. You know, in the grand scheme of things, it's not that important deal with it. Right. Or are they actually going to make allowances?
0: Well, you know, this is the only sport where this is an issue because in any other game, uh, you know in any other cancellation you would just make it up whenever you make it up you know there's no law that says the world series or the nba finals or the stanley cup finals has to be at a certain time well Um, and two things only the nfl
1: well the nfl hasn't had a game canceled like a game not played in 87 years right okay secondly though you know they do have a week to play with i mean how crazy do you want to go I mean, they could just push this weekend's games back another week and the Bills and Bengals and just play the coming week, and,
0: and then, and then uh, and no week off in between the championship games and the Super Bowl. Exactly. They I mean, so, I mean, they could. We'll have more with David Moulton in just a moment. I hope he has a few minutes before he has to fly out of Cincinnati to go back to Florida, where he does his radio show from. Still... With the postponement of last night's game due to the awful, tragic events, there are ramifications for many fans, including many people who bet on the game. We'll bring in the head odds maker at Bovada for his normal segment here, but I want to do it a little differently than we have given what's taken place. Obviously, uh, our thoughts immediately go to Hamlin. You are the head odds maker at Bovada Sportsbook. Um, You have a job to do. Uh, The game is immediately suspended. What happens to live betting and how does the sports book communicate with its players?
2: Right, so this is going to be um, just a technical answer, folks. Um, um, So I'll, I'll actually break down exactly what we did last night. I was personally responsible for trading this game while it went live last night. And as this you know, player down the field, we're going to commercial break. That's kind of all we knew at that point. And in my mind, again, this is not being insensitive. This is from a technical point of view. This is a safety uh, for the Buffalo Bills. That's not moving the needle too much from an odds making point of view. So we went into commercial break. This is usually where we have higher limits because regardless of the injury situation to a safety, uh, it's not massive in terms of win expectation at that point. So we go to commercial break, we, we crank up our limits because otherwise we think we have pretty stable information about where the ball is on the field, yards to go, and expectation of touchdown scoring, all that kind of stuff. So we come back from commercial break and <sighs> ambulance on the field. Um, you start seeing some of the Bills players. Uh, again, it, it's still a safety. We we reduce our limits at this point because there's now a lot more uncertainty as to what's taking place. There's, a, there's an emotional factor in place as well. Um, you know, behavioral economics is the field that we as bookmakers are constantly trying to figure out, you know, what drives motivation, what drives you know psychology behind these players. And now we're feeling less confident than the odds we're putting out there. So now as
0: we would normally do, look at week 18, there's a lot of uncertainty. Uh, do they wind up finding a way to make up the Bills-Bengals game? Do they rule that a no contest? These are all possibilities. Uh,
2: How do you handle betting right now? We are expecting that, uh, you know, we may have to run to a similar situation as we did uh, with the night football game and that we might be voiding more bets uh, depending on when these games take place. Uh, It is the rule that these uh, is the rule with us that these games need to take place on the date scheduled. Uh, Otherwise all bets are no action. All bets are returns. So, uh, From the point of view of the other teams that are playing on Sunday, um, uh, listen, we saw that everyone in the league is kind of touched and affected by this. However, we are not really, we haven't really seen any change in how we're pricing these odds. It's just a matter of, okay, if they take place on Sunday, we think the information that we have out there, how we price these games, how we've lined them uh, is still pretty decent, still pretty good. And we're not making any you know, significant changes to that, but we are, I guess, just preparing for the fact that we may have to avoid a lot of these games just because they may not take place on Sunday. We, we're really in an unprecedented territory. We don't know what the NFL is going to do next. Uh, they don't have a lot of good options, but I think uh, what we're seeing at Bavada is, uh, you know, lower limits on futures because futures are going to be more impacted, I think, than the games on Sunday. So that's been our big takeaway because we don't know. Listen, this is a Bills team that is, you know, they're going to buy right now since he's knocking on the table. Uh, There are other teams relying on Buffalo or Cincy to do or not do things. So uh, the main thing is that uh, we're keeping an eye on futures. We're keeping those limits low. Uh, The game line's not really affected so far, but, yeah, the futures are the main thing at Bavada that we're worrying about.
0: You know, it it kind of feels like uh, with a heavy heart as as we talk about this, Um, but uh, there is the national championship game. Um, but it is scheduled for Monday, January 9th. Uh, the number one ranked team in the nation, Georgia, taking on the Horn Frogs of TCU, um, and it's a double-digit uh, favorite in this one.
2: Yeah, Seth, uh, sh- I'm really looking forward to this game, but I, I gotta say first, um, I think those two college football playoff semifinals were the first time uh, since there's been a college football playoff like this for four teams that not just won, but both semifinals were outstanding both semifinals came down to the wire like that we we've seen a lot of you know Notre Dame gets in there and they just get absolutely rolled uh you know the, the championship games have been pretty good in the past we've been very lucky from that point of view but there have not been many good uh semifinal games and both of them were absolute bangers on New Year's Eve both coming down to the last second uh, I, I didn't think TCU could keep scoring the way they did when Michigan came out firing in the second half like that. That was something to see. Uh, Ohio State was the better team for the vast majority of that game. They've been good. They've been fun. They've had a lot of close wins. Uh, however, it's, it's just one more game. Maybe they can do it. They are, they're plus 350 on the money line right now at Bovada. Like I said, they're 13 on the spread, and all the money's coming to TCU way so far. The players love TCU. They're riding this story. They're riding how fun the Horned Frogs have been this year. Over-under is sitting at 63, which uh, seems low maybe after the semifinals, but I think Georgia recoups uh, their defense a little bit.
0: Patrick, I thank you. We'll continue now with our conversation with David Moulton, who was in the stadium last night when DeMar Hamlin went down. The only stuff I knew about Demar Hamlin uh, was when he was at Pitt. He had a great game against Syracuse. That—that's how I've heard his name. That was literally it. Um, everybody says he's, you know, salt of the earth, great guy. Uh, you know, all all, all nice things uh, to be to be said. Um, before we we wrap this, um, you're a little older than me, so you might have a different perspective on this. I was in high school. Uh Hank gathers. What do um, you remember?
1: I remember it happening, what a big deal it was. It was, I believe, in the conference. It's not
0: training. an apples to apples situation because he had a no, pre existing condition.
1: He did, but you know, he dropped dead on the court and they were on performing. The court. CPR on them and it affected and I believe they canceled the rest of that conference tournament Loyola Marymount was the top seed and so they were declared the champions they then played a week later in the NCAA tournament they went on a big emotional run they won three games and before losing the Tarkanians great UNLV team in 1990 Um, and I do remember that everybody thought it was appropriate canceling of the conference tournament allowing them to regroup a week or so later play in the ncaa tournament you know they they got to choose whether they wanted to play they said yes we want to honor hank and um
0: i remember again it's all i mean i'll say
1: this i talked to somebody uh who was in the jets front office today when dennis Byrd was paralyzed
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and he said when he saw the incident last night that it brought him back to that moment over 30 years ago and that he said you know we only had 30 minutes to regroup and we never left the field and then we had to go back and continue playing and he said and upon further review we handled the league handled that completely wrong and he was glad that the that what happened last night happened last night and he does not think that the game should be made up and and the jets he said the jets needed a few days to regroup and they needed to talk to Dennis and visit with Dennis and they didn't want to continue playing. And Dennis said, Oh no, you're going to go to Buffalo and you're going to play your, but that's oh. the major
0: difference is they right. talked to Dennis. Right.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah. And,
0: it's and. another situation. It, that's not apples to apples, but no, absolutely. it's not,
1: but. But it's a guy, you know, life altering on the field and yep. everybody knew it at the time. Yep. And they were not given a choice. They just had to stand there 30 minutes later, walk back out on the field, keep playing. Totally. And for what for what it's worth, by the way, the Jets went to Buffalo and upset the great Bills teams of the day in the early 90s. So. Yeah, but he and his name is Pat Kerr he was assistant GM of the Jets at the time. And he yeah, said, yeah. you know, good guy and, the other thing that he said is, is that Dawn Aponte, and if you remember the video from last night in the bowels of the stadium, the two coaches talking, and there was a middle-aged woman on the phone, and she was handing the phone and she was relaying messages. That's Dawn Aponte. Dawn Aponte was working for the Jets mm-hmm. when Dennis Berg got paralyzed. Mm-hmm. And so Pat is of the belief that Dawn will share her experience with the NFL. As to what it is to do in the present and then going forward
0: fascinating um I know that normally uh your Tuesday morning uh after a Monday night is an insane lack of sleep um, <laughs> yes. you do a just you know for, we said it in the intro he you host a morning show uh Monday through Friday from six to ten um and you work Monday night football um Monday night football doesn't end till about eleven thirty. By the time you get to your hotel, it's one a.m. You are probably working on three and a half hours sleep. Yeah, um, you did you know four what? hours, and you said yes instantly because that's the kind of person you are. You're a, you're a mensch. Um, <laughs> I uh, I appreciate you uh, as I always have. And uh, I'll, I'll do your show for as long as you'll have me. Uh, thanks for, for doing this. And it'll be very interesting. You know, my instinct is I, I almost don't want to hit stop on this record because the minute we do, something will change. <laughs> and this podcast will be completely outdated. But uh, given the fact that you were there, you were in the building. Uh, this was the only direction I could do with this, with, with sports with friends. And if you're going to call a podcast sports with friends, this is what, this is who you put on when something like that happens.
1: Well, uh, thank you. Uh, You know, and to everybody, you know, I I think a lot of people were affected even at home on their, on their couches, but yes, uh, obviously those of us uh, at the stadium, it, it is something that we'll remember. I mean, even down to the officials, I was talking to John Perry, you know, we got back to the hotel lobby uh, after, you know, the broadcast was over. And I said to John, how are the game officials doing? And he said, they're having a hard time. I mean, you know, they were all there on the field. You see it firsthand. I mean, the medical professionals, I guess, see this all the time. We don't, we don't. And then when we yeah. see their job, it stops us in our tracks.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's an, an absolute nightmare. Um, David, thanks. Uh, we'll we'll have you on again for much uh, better better tidings. And I some, hope some nonsense you'll come back on this podcast.
1: I hope uh, that uh, upon further review, that nothing that I and we said on this podcast ends up looking ridiculous. No, I don't, think, my, I don't. I don't think so. Uh, uh, this was not a. Uh, you know 35 40 minutes trying to present a hot take so. no
0: no no this wasn't this was this was talking about something uh, you're it was an eyewitness account uh, it, it, it was great. our thanks once again to the great david Bolton. Uh, thank you so much for doing this on short notice praying to whatever god you want to pray to uh that Damar hamlin makes a recovery That's all I'm wanting. I want him to FaceTime his teammates and say, go win one for me. And uh, all the details can filter out afterwards. We had planned this week uh, to do an episode on the NFL's new deal with Google uh, to move Sunday ticket to YouTube. And there's a lot of ramifications on that. We are going to do that episode, which is going to move it to next week. Uh, Tom Richardson uh, from Columbia University, who's been on the podcast before, he is going to uh, return next week um, as we will talk about that. Thinking about Damar Hamlin as uh, we wrap this episode of Sports with Friends. Our thanks to David Moulton. We'll see you next week.
2: If you want me to stay, I'll be around today i